What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. So people, oh, you don't cook and clean. Oh, so you hire someone if you have to. See, that's what you see when I'm, that system's in place. That way I can focus on other things. I know how to cook. I just don't have time. So we gonna eat now, but I want you to cook it. Now, which one do you want now? Let me ask you this question, brothers. What's happening? No captain. We're AO, about to get a plate. Oh, pull up to the table. Let's go. Yo, we're going to get straight into it because, um, you know, the fastest growing entrepreneur today, um, and I keep saying this, it's, it's not brothers, it's not black brothers, it's not white brothers, um, it's not Hispanic brothers. Um, the fastest growing entrepreneur is a strong black woman. And man, I've been hearing this name around um, the internet waves of this young woman, 35 years old, who has built a massive uh, portfolio when it comes to real estate. And you all know me, like I'm the debt-free guy, but I'm starting to have this thought of, if you're going to get into really the real estate game, yo, that's pretty much the only game I, I have no problem uh, with, with taking out debt. So I did some research on her um, and I said, you know what? Bring her to the table uh, because this queen is young. Brother, she's single um, and she's beautiful and she has a mind. So she has the beauty and the brains. Um, and I like her because she's in her 30s. You know what I'm saying? She's 35 years old, sitting on 30 million. I'm like, well, get your behind to the table. Uh, but before we get to uh, today's uh, show, I want to thank our sponsors. Well, one of our sponsors, I'm about to show Church Hill Mortgage. You can go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash Church Hill. Uh, they are sponsoring today's show because they will help you get into your dream home. Uh, real estate is flat, flattening out, right? So you can actually get into it. And here's what I love about Churchill. Uh, they're not going by your credit score. They're going to go by, you know, who are you? They're going to manually underwrite and interview you and go through the whole process. And they want to help you get into your dream home, help you get into your first investment um, home. So my friends over there are locking in the lowest interest rate in the country. Um, they are also 
up much better than this whole Bank of America situation because Bank of America's new stuff is only in five cities. Churchill is in every single city and they're going to take care of you whether you're black or white and they're going to even help you out with your down payment programs as well. So listen, go check out my friends at churchillanthonyoneal.com forward slash Churchill. They're going to give you a certified pre-approval today if you sign up today. They're also going to give you an extra $5,000 to put down towards your, uh, not down payment, uh, but towards your, what do they call that thing? Closing not the closing cost. What's the other thing um, where you put it down? I haven't done it in a while. Uh, earnest money. Earnest money. Earnest yes. Money. They're going to give you an extra $5,000 to put oh, down towards nice. your earnest money to make you a guaranteed buyer. Uh, so that way, you know what? If you have to back out of the deal, your seller will understand that you're a guaranteed buyer. So check them out. AnthonyNeal.com forward slash Churchill. So y'all, let's get into it because I got my girl, Davon. Did I say it right? You did. Davon Reeves. She's 35 years old and she's sitting on 30 million. When you say you sitting on 30 million, break this down for us. Well, thank you, Anthony, for having me on your show. Absolutely. I had to. Pleasure hey, to be here. brothers, y'all, y'all, y'all better slide in the back. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us. What you got? So I got three hotels. Mm. Yep. Three hotels. I got some some residential investment properties, but the majority of my real estate portfolio, the bulk of it is hotels. Hotels. Yeah. So what made you get into the hotel business and not the, you know, housing businesses? Like, you know, single duplexes, multiple duplexes, stuff like that. Well, I actually started off in the hospitality industry. So I started off as a front desk agent. Front desk agent at a hotel? Yeah. For real? Yep, that's how I got my start. So that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about flipping houses or wholesale. I didn't know anything. All I knew is how to basically check in guests. And I did that while I was in college. For real? Yep, I did that while I was in college. Where'd you go to school? Georgia State University. Georgia State University? Yep, real GSU, go Panthers, that's right. Uh, in Atlanta. Uh, and so then, wait, don't hate. Don't hate. Don't, don't. Don't, <laughs> don't hate. I don't, don't hate on G-State, right? And listen, G-State is all right. All right. We okay. We gonna we gonna we gonna tell you over that. We gonna talk about hotels real quick. I don't want to embarrass you on your show real quick. What was your degree in? My degree is actually in sociology and hospitality. Sociology and hospitality. Yep. So you knew you was going into the hotel business, but I didn't know I was going to ownership. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. So my goal was to actually become a general manager. For real? Yep. That was my goal. Is there money in general managers? Yeah, absolutely. Like what's like once you really get into it, like it how much can you make? It, it depends on the size of the hotel, and it depends on how long. Some general managers are making close to half a million dollars. What? Yeah, because they get stock options. Yeah. A half a million dollars being a general manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many black people are in that? It's not too many black general managers. It's more than when I was in the industry. Okay. Um, so probably a small percentage, probably like less than 10%. Yeah, yeah, Of the big boxes. There are, of course, you know, black general managers at the smaller hotels. But there are more grown number of women. For there real. And black, yeah. Okay, cool. So you're working the front desk. You're working the front desk, yeah. And how long did you work the front desk? I worked at the front desk, ooh, probably about, what, two or three years? Maybe. Then I got promoted, so I did other things, and then I was a trainer. So I would go around the country and train folks. Train folks. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, you work in the front desk. At what point did you say, you know what, Devon, I want to get into actually owning a hotel? Like, you, what hit you? What made you want to do that? So I joined this organization called Under 30 Gate. It was the American Hotel Lodging Association, which is one of the largest hotel associations, and they had an organization called Under 30 Gateway. Okay. And so, at the time, I didn't know you could own a hotel, like, because Hyatt owned the hotel that I worked at, so I didn't know you could own it. Okay. So, I joined this organization, and there were folks who were my age, they didn't look like me, but they inherited hotels. 
Inherited as far as it was given to them by their family. Right. Family. So, you know, I inherited the house, but they inherited the hotel. <laughs> I was like, oh, so this is different level. This is a different level of real estate. Yo. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Break this down for me. Yeah. Some folks who owned a hotel development concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was like, oh. And I'm thinking I'm a superstar, right, until I meet these folks. So, but they didn't look like me. So, basically what I'm saying is my, it was like the light bulb just clicked. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Let me get into it. Let me get into it. Let me get into it as a black woman. Right. Now, getting into it, and I want you to keep it real with me, was it hard because of your color? It wasn't because of my color. It was because of my age. Oh, so how old were you when you got into it first? So I was always either the youngest black or the only female, and a lot of times all three. So how I actually got into the ownership side, transitioning from operations, working in front office, I took a non-paid internship. Okay. So I took a non-paid internship because I needed that experience to get into consulting in the transactional side. Wow. Yep. So I did that in the morning from nine to one, and I worked at the Hyatt. From, see, from nine to twelve, and I worked at the Hyatt from one to nine. So I did that for about three months. Okay. And I was like, okay, I love this. The company took me on full time, and I I left the Hyatt, and uh, it's been history ever since. History ever since. Yeah. So now you do this full time. I do this full time. So this during that time I was learning. Okay. So I was in uh, doing feasibility studies, and basically what a feasibility study is looking at a piece of land and seeing what you can do with it, okay. seeing if okay. it's feasible or not. And so that's why I learned the financial projections. I learned about how to put a deal together, learned about how to raise capital. And I learned it from hotel owners because that's what we were consulting. So I was getting paid to build my experience. Are you? I mean, they didn't know I wanted to be a hotel owner. Right, right, right. They just thought I wanted to be a consultant for the rest of my life. How much were you making uh, before you became who you are today? Like on an average year? Before I, ooh, you mean before my consulting, before yep. I brought, bought my hotels? Yep. Probably about low six figures. Low six figures? Pro- yeah, probably about low six figures. No, probably, no, 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 not low six figures. Probably mid to high five figures. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Because I own my own consulting firm, so yeah. And your consulting firm helps people get into the hotel business? Correct. All right, let's talk about that because, I mean, I want to get straight into that. Yeah. Uh. The very first thing for the people watching right now, yeah. they're probably saying hotels. Like, okay, cool. Number one, is there money in owning hotels? Like, can you profit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just like you, because so a lot of people, they don't realize that hotels are actually real estate. So yes. it's an operating business sitting on real estate. So not only are you profiting from the real estate component, you're profiting from the business component. That's true, because you're yeah. buying a building. Right. You have the land. Mm-hmm. And then now you're running a business with people coming in and out. Mm-hmm. Which one is more profitable? So let's say for an example like me, let's say, you know what? I just want to get into real estate. Would you say get into the real estate side to where you just own the building? Or can you even own the building? Or like, like for example, will Hyatt want to come in and buy the building or will they lease the building? Uh, probably not a brand, maybe more so of a municipality. Brands, okay. they don't own the hotels, so they probably own, like, less than 1% of their portfolio. They actually own the properties. Wow. So they friend, it's a, more of a franchise model. Okay. So that scenario or example would be more so from, like, a city or something owning the land, and then you can lease it out from them. Yeah. Ah, I love it. I love it. I love it, boy. I love it. Boy. I don't know. You getting a little too deep. You ready? Hey, man. Listen. <laughs> you I, when you, I was when I was studying, I was like, "Yo, this is actually not a bad idea because I just invested about six figures into mm-hmm. a fund." Yeah. Um, this one was actually for um, apartment complexes, mm-hmm. and so you know, y'all know me. I, I I try to do as much as I can possibly with cash. So I'm testing it out with this first thing, right? Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking, like, going down your road, like, okay, cool. I I, I could see. Uh, for the real estate side of things, taking out um, some 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 you know mortgages or whatever that is to get into the game. 
uh, because it seems like there's a lot of money in that space. Mm -hmm. But you need to be able to get in there with a good amount of money. Yeah, um, definitely cash is king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's with anything. And um, also, you want to be capitalized. So yes. hotels are very capital intensive, um, you know, real estate. Okay. And it's complicated to get financing for hotels yeah. because they want to, because again, it's an operating business. Multifamily, you could just bring in the rent roll, you know, you're getting, you know, money for six to 12, 18 months. You know, somebody's going to be coming in. Yeah. Hotels, it's a nightly lease. So you don't know if people are coming in. And then one thing about hotel, so multifamily and apartment complexes, people are always going to need a place to stay, regardless Absolutely. if it's the economy. Zone. Hotels is based on the economy. So if the economy is doing poorly, the, the house is high. Think about COVID. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, you got hotels, hotels struggling, like shutting down. Yep. Well, that's how I ended up getting my hotels because we bought it during COVID. Oh, right. so you bought it when it was low and they were hurting. Right. And then you stepped in and like, boom, we coming back. See, I, see, I missed 2008. Yeah. You, I, I well, missed, we, we were young then. I probably, if I was smart, I had a little cash. See, I wasn't smart. I what do you mean you had a little cash? I had a little cash. Family had, took care of you? Family took care of me. So, so wait, wait, let's, let, 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 wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had, hold. A, good, I had a good grandmama. Your grandmama, she, she was. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't listen to your podcast. What see, you if mean? Your, if, if your podcast would have been on back then, you know what I'm saying. Listen, if my podcast <laughs> was on back then, I will be further along my journey. <laughs> Shoot. So your grandmama passed passed down some wealth to you. Yeah. What? Yeah. She was still alive, but yeah, she made sure her grandchildren. It was just me and my sister, but yeah, she made sure it was okay. She set up um, college funds for us. For but since I got scholarships, I didn't really have to take advantage of it. Are you serious? Yeah. See, see, here's why I like that, right? Because yeah. I think oftentimes in the black community, yeah, we teach struggle. Yeah. We teach like, hey, you know what I'm saying? We all had to struggle and fight through it. Yeah. Your story's a little bit different. You had to fight, but fight differently. I had to fight differently. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't so my. I didn't wrap my brain. I didn't wrap my brain around what my grandma was saying when I was younger. I was young. I wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't clicking. I knew everything. Yeah. Like I wasn't. So she always told me to keep a paid-off house in the family. She she always said keep a paid-off house in the family. She Come said, "Oh, grandma." Oh yeah. So now I'm taking it to the next level. So I'm gonna keep a paid-off hotel in the family. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal. Yo, grandmama said, "Yo, we gonna keep wealth in the family." Yeah, but she did. It didn't resonate. Like you know, my grandma, she died with no debt. Okay. She paid off her funeral. She yeah. paid off her funeral ten years before she died. Yeah. Yo, rest in rest in heaven, grandma. Yeah. So. I know she's smiling down right now, looking at you. Sometimes she be you know shaking her head a little bit. That's but, life. You know, you know but that's saying? all right. She that that keep that keeps me humble. <laughs> Man, yeah, 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 that's good. So yeah. I, I like that. So yeah. grandma set you up. You. Always have an emergency fund. Always. Yeah, you keep know. your credit good. There you go. Yeah. Right. Your credit your credit is your name. She said her credit is her name. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't have a credit score. Well, I do, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. I have a mortgage. Yeah. I don't have a mortgage. Only mortgage I have is for my hotels. Yeah. I'm just doing what my grandma said. It's clicking. It's clicking. <laughs> She was like, oh, you got a mortgage, I don't, you know. Hey, Melissa, I'm going to be there one day. Give me some love on that, though. I like that. She was like, I don't have a mortgage. Um, so, all right, cool. 
I want to get into the hotel business. What's yeah. the first thing that I do? The first thing you want to do is make sure that you're financially capable of getting into the hotel and business. And what does that look like? So oh, Let's talk about on the personal side. So on the personal side, so it's two directions you can go. You can go the passive route, you can go the active route. So what you just said as far as with the multifamily you were talking about before, it sounded like you went with the passive route yeah. because somebody else is running it for it. You just invested passively. I invest. Okay, so that's passively. So that's passive. It's like because you have a business that you, you know, running. you're running. This is your baby. You're like, you know, let me just let my money grow and somebody's going to handle it. That's yeah. the passive route. So okay. that's one route you can go. Okay. Okay. But you still want to make sure you have enough money that you can lose because investing is risky. Yes. So if I don't recommend for people to invest their life savings or their, if they're saving up for a house, right. I don't, I don't recommend anybody to do that no matter how good the deal is because it's risky yes. and you don't know if you're going to get it back. Anything you're investing. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's one route. Okay. So the next route be if you want to own it yourself, like if you want your name on the mortgage, yep. um, you know, name on the franchising agreement, um, you probably need to be capitalized, at least have, a, depending on the size of the deal, but half a million to a million dollars. And that doesn't just that doesn't just have to come from you. OK, it could be you got a hundred. You got four of the friends. They got a hundred each. Now you got half a million. So but you, then the name, but it will be in my name. So let's say I got me, you, I got my producer and, and my right hand man, Alice, right? So that's, yeah. that's four of us in this building right now. Yeah. So that's, let's say we, we all come up with a half a million dollars. We give it to you. Mm. You take that half a million, but the mortgage is in your name. And then you will make contracts with us saying that I'm an investor into your. That's hotel. the passive route. Okay, so. And if you want to do, like, let's say we all come together and we form a partnership and you want to be a GP, then that's the active route. So maybe, so maybe, you know, maybe your role, my role could be I'm raising capital or something or ne negotiating, you know, with the brands. And yeah, maybe yeah. since you have relationships with the banks, yep. then you're working on the the, the bank side. Like nice. everybody like has, has a, role. a role. And so since everybody has a role, so maybe you put in like 150, somebody else put this, and then your equity split can be based on what you contributed to the table. So the average person is not going to have a half a million dollars to invest. Some people do. Some people don't. Especially if they're going to capital or around as far as in getting the capital. Yeah. Borrowing Pe people typically on the first time, talk not to, I mean, unless they come from a, a different, like a right. well, well off background, typically people don't have, I don't see it too much. Too I'm much. Not. All right, yeah. cool. So let me ask you this question. And you know, I'm a, you know, you know, I'm going to answer with you. Okay. Uh, if I'm drowning in debt. Okay. On my personal side of things. Yeah. Should I go borrow another half a million dollars to invest into the hotel? Think no. <laughs> no, and and I'm and I'm not a financial advisor, and I always yeah. say to that, talk to your financial advisor because every every situation is 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 different. Um, but it's like you know, if you take in, if you have half a million dollars and then you got personal drowning, you're drowning in debt. Yeah. I don't personally think that may be the best decision. That's why I was saying that the first thing you should do is check your personal financial statement, right? right? Or check your personal balance sheet. Right. And if you don't know how to do that, then work with the financial. So that's that's why I always say that's the first thing. She cool with me, y'all. That's cool. the first thing. She cool. She, she, she cool with me. Because I was going to let her answer. I want her to be her true self because, yeah. I mean, she's, she's, I mean, she got 30 million. She's sitting on 30 million in her portfolio. So I always respect everyone's opinion. But no, if you're drowning in debt, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Don't, don't, don't do I, You know, I get that a lot. You know, people are like, oh, my credit is messed up. I'm like, you know, go ahead and get your credit fixed first. Absolutely, yeah. And then come back. It's okay. I mean, Just go ahead and get that get that take care of. And here's my thing. Why are we building on a rocky foundation? Right, you know exactly. And, and, and as I'm growing, as I'm evolving, I am changing just a little bit of my ways. And yeah. I think when it comes to real estate, especially within a black community, we need to become owners. Yeah. And that is why I invested the, uh, the passive route. Right. And I gave six figures because you're right, I have this 
this business, this brand uh, that I'm building. Well, that's not your expertise, right? Yeah. And it is going to take you so long. Now you're taking away from from what you're really doing, exactly. what's your passion to focus on this. You exactly. know what I mean? And that's not. So let's say someone says, oh, you know what? I don't have a half a million. I don't have the opportunity to do that right now. You know, I just got out of debt. I'm just now built my emergency funds. So I only have $10,000, $15,000 right now. It sounds like their route may be maybe going towards like the passive. The passive. Yeah, their route is the passive. And you are now even offering uh, like a fund type thing, right? Yep. It's called uh, it's a crowdfunding platform. It's called Vester. Vester. Yep. Okay, yeah, yep. Yeah, so yeah. we are probably one of the first um, uh, crowdfunding platforms for hotels. So break this down. And I'm talking about like to the kindergarten level because my people are like, okay, what are y'all talking about this? Crowdfunding. What is crowdfunding? Crowdfunding, essentially what it is, is old school. Is people pulling their funds of, of, of money together. Remember that 15,000 example you just used? Yep. So, you know, let's say 10 people coming together uh, at 15,000. Now you got 150,000, you yep. know. Yep. So let's say, let's say, Anthony, you wanted to buy your hotel. Right. Right. But you needed a million dollars and you only had a hundred thousand. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so you put the deal on the platform on Vesta.com. We okay. go through the due diligence and everything. And so you want to raise the rest of the funds. So now we have, you know, folks from your community or friends and family, they can actually invest. They can come in at the 10,000 cause maybe they didn't have a hundred thousand. Mm. So they can come at the 10,000. Maybe they could partner with their family. They got five, the other thing, and they can come in and now, you know, they can invest. And this crowdfunding platform, both accredited and non-accredited folks can invest. And so what an accredited investor, for those who don't know, accredited investor is someone who makes over 200000 a year or has a net worth of a million dollars or more. Okay. Um, and not everybody are accredited investors. Right. But that also leaves a lot of people from not investing in great opportunities. Right. Because of a lot of the great opportunities where people really make their wealth only accredited investors can invest. So what's a non-accredited? So a non-accredited investor, anyone who falls under that category. So let's say, let's say you have, uh, you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, and you have a net worth of nine hundred thousand, excluding your primary residence. Right. Technically, you're not an accredited investor. Ah. You have to have, oh, you have to make over two hundred thousand a year, and you have to have a net worth of a million dollars or more, excluding your primary residence. Wow. And by the SEC's definition, that means you're an accredited investor. Wow. And if you're married, you have to have a combined income of over 300000 So, okay, let's say this person, non-accredited, mm-hmm. comes in and says, all right, I got 5000 Yeah. Um, I, I know, like, what my program just did, right? But what would you say is the bare minimum? If, if, if they're not investing with you, right, mm-hmm. and they go into another fund— they're brand new into this. Mm-hmm. What should they be looking for up front? So I'm, I'm giving, you know, Devon five thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, am I looking for five thousand dollars back plus five percent, ten percent? That it depends on the deal. So every deal is different. Every deal is going to be structured different. So you want to go in and ask these questions. You may, you know, and this is just due diligence, regardless if a hotel or not. Who is the sponsor? Meaning, who is putting a deal together? Does this person have experience? You know, have they closed before? Who who are the members on their team? Ask them those tough questions. When are you going to get your money back? How are you going to get your money back? Are, is it dividends? You know, ask those types of questions. You know, regardless if it's five thousand or a hundred thousand or a million dollars, ask still those those tough questions. Tough questions. Oh yeah, it's your money. You worked hard for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked. I said, when am I getting my money back? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much can I expect in return? Mm-hmm. How many of these have you done? Mm-hmm. How long have you been in it? Mm-hmm. Um, Who's on your team? 
I didn't ask that question. Who's on your team? I think I may text them. <laughs> yeah, you want to ask on your team because teams are because you can't. Do, nobody knows everything. Got you. So you want to have a team, and that includes lawyer. Oh. It includes who's going to manage the property, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's probably the biggest, probably the most important person on the team, okay. if not the most important. I mean, literally, because the operator is going to be operating the business day to day. So you're looking at a multifamily. That's the property management company. Wow. So how are they marketing? How are they keeping tenants in? You know, how are they resolving tenant issues? Because you want to keep that apartment complex full. Wow. How are they managing the cash flow? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, hotels, you know, same thing with the management company. Okay. How are they operating your hotel? It's a service-based, you know, business, right? So how are they taking care of your guests? Because if you don't take care of your guests, they're not going to come back. Gotcha. And you have to shut down the hotel. How are they managing the cash flow, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then if you're not an experienced hotelier, then you need to have an asset manager to manage the management company. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to believe the management company. And then, you know, at the end of the day, nobody's going to take care of your property yeah. like you. Yeah, right. So you need to have somebody that's on your team that'll be able to advise you to make sure that your property is profitable so that way you can take care of yourself. And if you have any investors, making sure the investors get their money back. She's 35, sitting on $30 million in the hotel and just real estate business, man. Um, I am I'm extremely ha excited to have this queen at the table uh, because she is full of wisdom. Um, and here's my thing when it comes to like knowledge and wisdom is how do you apply it? How do you learn and how do you apply it? And you could literally tell uh, she's listened to her grandma. Um, I want to thank our second sponsor of today's show, Prize Pool. Prize Pool, it, Prize Pool is, uh, in my personal opinion, the number one savings app um, in America because it's online. It's going to give you high-yielded returns when it comes to uh, you know, dividends and interest and just rewards. I want you to go over to anthonymill.com forward slash savings uh, because if you open up an account, and let's say, for an example, you're already at Prize Pool, and let's say you put $300 into that account, they're going to give you an extra $10,000 uh, tickets to go towards their grand prize of $25,000, $15,000 at the end of the month, then every single week they're giving out an extra $1,000, $5,000, And so my people only go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash savings, and they uh, will give you an extra 10,000 tickets to go towards their grand prizes uh, because, hey, they love us. And so I want to remind you of that. Um, before uh, we go because this is absolutely amazing. Um, man, I wish we had more time on, on our Wednesday shows. But you have a book called How to Buy a Hotel, The Roadmap to Hotel Ownership. That's correct. And what's all in this book? So literally what I talked about, what we talked about, but it's broken down a little bit more. Okay. So I okay. talk about, um, you mentioned some of the first things you should do. Mm -hmm. um, first thing, personal financial safety. The next thing is ownership thesis. That's more so like a compass to kind of guide you. Say that again. Ownership thesis. Some people call it investment criteria. Okay. Um, it just literally walks you through, um, you know, what type. Because there's so many ho hotel types. There's over 20 hotel types. There's over 100 different brands. Okay. So it'll walk you through, kind of navigate. Also have, um, it's a visual component as well as different interviews with different hotel experts. Wow. So um, uh, one with my business partner, he's a genius when it comes to analyzing deals in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. So I walk you through how to analyze a hotel deal in uh, 20 minutes or less. All right. Last 10 minutes of the show. Okay. Let's get real. Uh oh, should I should I be worried? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start sweating. Yeah, you are. Uh oh, all right. Don't miss my makeup. <laughs> you're 35, and you're. That's, you're, what, that's you're, what my birth certificate says. Yeah, 
and you're a single mother. You're not you're not raising your your son by yourself because he has he has a great father who's in his life. You're 35, single mother, um, raising a child with another good man, um, and you're running this business. How are you doing that? Before, I would have said, oh, my gosh, team no sleep. Now I'm big on systems. Are you? Yeah, because I realized I was leaving a lot of money on the table um, and leaving the most important thing, my health on the table. Because that's big. Yeah. Like, I won't be able to be there for my son or live my life or live to be 92 like my grandma because I got to take care of myself first, yeah, right? Um, so definitely putting systems in place, bringing folks on a team, Um my hotels, so we bought into that business, so that has a management company. Okay. But my other companies, uh, which is my consulting and then my, my crowdfunding platform, so definitely bringing uh, team members in place and putting systems. I'm not a process person, so yeah. that's why you hire your people to yeah, help you absolutely. develop those processes and put those uh, systems in place. Um, so that's what I do. So do you prioritize being a mom? Do you prioritize you being single? Because, I mean, you're single. Are, are You're not married, so you have your dating life, and right. then you have you know, the business life, When how do you juggle between those three? It is very hard. Um, I do prioritize being a mom. Okay. Because this could, you know, I don't want to, because my parents were present, especially my mom when I was growing up. Okay. So I remember her being, I was in a marching band, so I remember her being at, you know, my games and yeah. come with me. Like, I remember that. And yeah. I want, I don't, and I've heard stories where children, they didn't have their parents there because their parents are always working. And I don't, that's an excuse to me. So I want my son to know, okay, my mom is here. I remember her coming to my games. When I needed her, she was there. Okay. Um, so, you know, being there for him is a priority. Uh, now, uh, since I have my sisters in place, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, starting back to the dating world, um, I do travel. Okay. I do work. Okay. And so how I balance is just, you know, I, I, I take time and I know when to say no. Yeah. When it's too much, it's too much. Too and much. I say no. A plus, not even that. You make time for what you would make time for. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. I do. Hmm. I make time for what I want to make time for. I don't think I can make time for everything I want to make time for. When... Some things, some things I can't do. Right. Some things I can't... Some things I won't be able to make. Yeah. But then that's when I weigh, okay, what's more important? Yeah. Right, you know? Um, if I feel like I'm traveling too much and I'm not seeing my son too much, then you know what? I may have to say no to some things so that way I can be there with my child. So I'm really good at listening, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when I went to seminary school, one of the things that we were taught was to don't listen to just what the individual is saying. Also listen to what they're not saying. Mm -hmm. You know where I'm about to go? Where are you about to go? You, you spoke a lot about your grandma. Uh -huh. You spoke a lot about your mom. I don't hear no men in your story. Oh, my dad? Yeah. Or granddad. Well, I didn't grow... Well, I think my biological grandpas were... But my dad... I was a daddy's girl. Oh, okay, cool. Great. No, I was like a straight-up daddy's girl. Oh, okay. If you look on my like, Instagram, it's straight there. I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus, we ain't got no brothers in this story? <laughs> yeah, I got a, yeah, I have a younger brother. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm a straight-up daddy's girl. That's good. Yeah, I was my, like, your now, brothers. We got to step up. Well, that's true. But my dad, uh, <laughs> my um, my my dad, he was a firefighter, and For so real? he uh, he wasn't big in entrepreneurship. I remember when I first that's started cool. my, you know, and I he was like, no, because he believed in 
You go to work. Absolutely. You get a pension. Absolutely. And then you die. Absolutely. Like that was his. That's you know, my he was he had the same job for twenty five years. Wow. He was a firefighter. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that philosophy because it worked mm-hmm. back then. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think now in today's day and time. Yes. Yeah. I think having a good career is important yeah. because people like you and I, we yeah. need solid people who want to work nine to five. Right. Um, everybody, everyone can't be an entrepreneur. And I, and, and I'm glad that you said that because I think a lot of a lot of people, especially what's going on on social media, people are feeling like they have to be an entrepreneur, like they're yeah. failing. And I'm like, no, because no. matter of fact, the majority of my investors are people who have corporate jobs or work nine to five. Like wow. I don't have matter of fact, none of my investors in my, any of my deals or my platform. Um, they're entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. They may be entrepreneurs on the side, right? But their main job is they're 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 in corporate. And that's what I want to say. Yeah. It's like, yo, if you have a good career, have a good career. Yeah. But what can you do on the side that can generate you some good income? Um, and I'm very big on this because I met this one guy mm-hmm. who's he makes two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He makes sixty-eight thousand dollars a year in his job, but makes two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars on his side business. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, how come you won't leave? Is it because I actually enjoy what I do for my career? I thought he was going to say because it benefits. No, no, no. He was like, I just, I enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? He was like, but the 225000 it's just like, that really pays my bills. And he says, bro, this is my play money over here. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's nothing wrong with having a career, but also, especially in the black community, we do need to build something so that way we're not held to this. Held in with multiple, exactly. multiple streams of income. You know, yeah. we can have it, grow it, go from there. So, Well, my like personality that. didn't fit with me being like a incorporate. Like, I, I just, it. I'm more of a... I'm thriving now because yeah. I'm I'm more of a strategic creator. And another thing is like I'm passionate about building my own brand yes. and helping, you know, yes. others. Like going back to, you know, now you got me talking about my daddy now. Oh, let's talk I, about him. You know, let's talk about a black man on this show. I oh, love yeah. it. I love my daddy. Hey. He's not here with us, but my oh, daddy. Man. I know, I love my daddy. But um I even dedicated my book to him. I saw. Yeah. I saw when I opened it up. So so my dad, I remember uh when I was working in corporate, um, he was like, Devon. He was like, everybody at that job, I had a Ford Explorer. Mm. I love my Ford Explorer. It was mm. paid off. Mm. I had about close to 200,000 miles, but it was still going. Wow. It was paid off. No, no. Hey, it's all about paid off. It still worked, right? <laughs> and so he would make fun of me because he was like, Devon, everybody in your parking lot have a nice car but you. Mm. Basically, what he was saying is you need to do more. Don't continue to work. For, don't if you're not valued, if you're not getting paid enough, don't yeah. stay. Don't just be loyal just yeah. because of it. You know, he was basically learning from his mistakes. Like he's like, I want you to be, you know, better yeah, than yeah. me. You know, of course, you know, he's he 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 saw a little bit, but he never saw me own my own hotel. He saw he a little it. bit. You know. He see it. Yeah, I want him to check in it though. Pop see it. He see it. Pop see it. He you know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's proud of it. You know really? what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and I love seeing. My my black sister's really building and doing it. I think men get intimidated. Do men, when you're dating, are they intimidated by you? Some I just literally got back in the dating pool because I took like a hiatus. Cool. Um, but um, yeah, that's it's been a it's a difficult it's a it's difficult it's difficult. Well, I think sometimes, in my opinion, again, it's just my opinion. Sometimes um, they think probably when women are too appeared to be dominant, uh-huh. that they may not, you know, be, they may not be as submissive as they want. They may be too dominant. Wow. But a lot of times as women, sometimes we don't have a choice, but if we're feeling comfortable or if somebody comes in in that mm-hmm. role, it's, 
it, it's cool. I think sometimes men think, oh, well, I get, oh, I don't have hotel money. Why well, I didn't ask you to have hotel money. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask you to buy me a hotel. So, uh, so it's other ways that you can that you can impress me. You just led off with I don't have hotel. I'm like I didn't ask you that. You're not even trying to get to know me to see what I like to see what I want. You may be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Hotel money. That's what that's what people say to me. I'm like I didn't ask you about that. Brothers, we gotta step up to the plate. Yeah, it's the other thing. So would you date a guy who just works a normal nine to five? Um, what? I will. No, the reason why I'm saying it because no, 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 I would. They don't. They don't have to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, if he has a nine to five. Okay. Yeah. Would you date a mechanic? If he owns the mechanic business. CJ, Alex. <laughs> I was listening to this clubhouse room yesterday, and she said she would never date a mechanic. And all of us was like, "Yo, do you understand? Like these mechanics make good money, especially if they own this." Okay. For one, I'm not doing my oil change. So if the light fixed, there you go. I mean, like, <laughs> so it's other things. Like as as long as somebody's and when you when you, as long as somebody treats you so right and love you right. Is if he if he does have a nine to five, is does he have an entrepreneurship mind? It's not about the income. It's about the mind. It's really more so the mindset, and also he needs to be confident and secure. Right. I don't want to go home feeling like I'm competing with my partner. Like, we should be rooting for each other. Yo, yo, put this camera on me, CJ. Ladies, I want y'all to comment in the uh, comments if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're on, uh, if listening to this on podcast, jump over to YouTube for me real quick and just answer this question. Uh, do you all feel that men are insecure when it comes to a successful woman, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, whoever you are, right? Uh, because if so, I, I think I'm going to do a show with men about why they do not want, because I have heard men say that they don't want their woman working, but I'm like, is that because you just want her to be free and just focus on home, or is it because you're kind of insecure right. with the woman? And I think sometimes, I do believe this, that sometimes I think ladies get it confused. I don't think it's because they think men are insecure. I think it's because men just really want their wives to be at home. And I heard one guy, and I'm keeping the buck, it's on my show. One guy said he just want to be able to have all the sex he can with his wife, and she just focused solely on the family. But the, but the women can do that. You can. You women what, can do what? Women can do a lot of things. Women, but y'all thing, can. We can do a lot of things. But if y'all are working, if y'all working building like you, let's be real. You married. You come home. I've had married friends say that sex be kind of like lazy. I'm the reason I'm not gonna talk. I'm, not, I'm really gonna get people in my deal. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna answer that. Don't do it. I'm well, not gonna. Well, they're already in DMs friends, now. Guys. Your response right there. They're already like, oh wait, I know what she about to say. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything. But that's what my. That's what some of my close friends say. Is like, man, listen, that that entrepreneur woman sex. And intimacy with their with their spouses sometimes it's not the best because they're so tired. Well, that's why I don't cook and clean. So people, oh, you don't cook and clean. Oh, so you hire someone if you have to. See, that's what you see when I'm, that system's in place. That way, I can focus on other things. That's think about I gotta come. Systems. That's why. So think about it. If oh, what you want to eat? Oh, I gotta cook. Now I can't focus on you. But if I got somebody c- cooking, you gonna make. Sh- I just told you I'm a grandma's girl, so I'm gonna make sure you fed. I'm not gonna cook it. Now I know how to cook. I know how to cook. I just don't have time. So we gonna eat now, but I want you to cook it. Now, which one do you want now? Sometimes people can be a little too picky. So brothers, let me ask you this question. Oh, let me ask you this question, brothers. Ah! 
what she's simply saying without saying it, because I can say it on my show. She said, listen, I'm going to make sure you have all the intimacy you need, but we're going to hire someone to cook. So do you want a wife who will cook and give it a the not so good, or <laughs> do you want to hire? Uh, and I like how she said it. Do you want to put systems in a place that will help y'all's relationship long run? And I like that. Um, I really do like that because that's for me. Like, I have systems in place. Like, so when we're recording one week out of the month, mm-hmm. I actually hire a chef to come in and cook for us. Right. Uh, because when I've learned, when me and CJ was in here at the beginning before Alice joined the team, we sometimes had an attitude with each other because we weren't eating good. And y'all didn't probably have any women. And we had no women. Yeah, because men, y'all be so focused. Focus. Y'all don't think to eat. Grind. Women, we come in and be like. Listen. We, we, yeah. And, then, and it was my good friend. She said, you need to hire a chef. And then I called my CPA and I said, yo, can I write that off? Because I wasn't about to pay for a chef if I can't write it right. off. But then when I looked at it, she said, absolutely. And when I look at the money, I may be spending about maybe an extra $700. But uh, look how much time you're saving. And look how much now you're thinking, you're focused with me. I don't, people get, now people get on me now. My family mm-hmm. even get on me. The mm-hmm. women I, what you mean you don't cook? I don't clean either. Get somebody, I'm f- I got too I ain't mad at that, though, because if we put systems in a place and, and there's food and a house is clean and you oversee that as my spouse and I'm still getting some. And the thing is, I, I, and I, I let them know up front. I let you. So it's not like, man, dog, she don't even cook. No, you knew that because I told you I don't cook. I can't cook. I just don't want to. I ain't even mad at that because as long as you overseeing and making sure we good. Yeah. Matt, Matt. Because I don't like a junkie house because that'll make me all stressed out. Ladies and gentlemen. L- ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, her name is Devon oh Reeves. She is single, 35, <laughs> sitting on 30 million. Um, we're going to tag her information oh in today's gosh. show notes. Oh my God. So, brothers, all I'm going to say is you don't have to own a hotel or have hotel money, but you do got to have some brains on you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but seriously, uh, solid woman. Um, I want you all to get a copy of her book. Um, I wish we had a lot more time on this show, but this show is all about exposing. Um, financial messages that are not really seen out there. And she's 35 and she has the wisdom. And I'm going to actually end up doing something with her on the passive side uh, because I don't have the time to be an owner-owner like that. Um, But I do believe in investing. So don't forget, I have no problem with you investing. Uh, But make sure before you invest, on the personal side, you're debt-free. You know what I'm saying? She don't have no mortgage like I do have a mortgage. You know, she don't have a car note. I don't have a car note. Uh, but on the business side of things, she's making the proper investments because she's secure over yeah. here on the personal side. Yeah. So if you want to learn how to do more of that, get a copy of her book. We'll put the link in today's show notes. Um, hit her up on IG if you want to learn more about her and what she's doing. My sisters, I love you all. You all are winning. I want to, again, thank today's sponsors, Churchill and Prize Pool. Go to anthonyneal.com forward slash Churchill to get into your dream home or into especially get into your first um, uh, real estate investment portfolio. They would love to help you over there. They're going to Actually, they're helping me out with mine. Um, they go over to Prize Pool so you can park your money. So as you're saving to invest, um, you have a high yielded savings account um, over there at Prize Pool, AnthonyNeal.com forward slash savings. So it's your boy Anthony Neal. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you in the next show. Peace out.